Welcome back to another episode of SCT Bets. We're back again. And we got a lot to talk about this week. You know who it is, producer Ryan Lee Hall here of the SCT show, your favorite degenerate gamblers are back. We got Tan Biarana, the pizza guy. Had a new member as well to the show. Raw is Dollywall on Twitter. It's Garminder Dollywall. RBC Mortgage Specialist makes his SCT Bets debut this week. Got James Lynch as well. MMA journalist James Lynch. Lynch on Sports on Twitter. It's a big weekend coming up in the UFC. UFC 254. NFL playoffs. And of course, always, Canucks talk. This is SCT. And we're here to make you some money. So let's go. Welcome to another episode of SCT Bets, and uh, we got a, a new SCT uh, Bets member here, uh, also a degenerate gambler, uh, part of Canucks Twitter, Canucks fan, Canucks season ticket holder since 2002. Um, he's a mortgage uh, specialist for RBC uh, Bank, and uh, he's on Twitter. Uh, could you, uh, German, German the Dolly, while we have him, uh, German, you could give us the the Twitter handle right now, actually, because I, I already forgot it. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem, honestly. First of all, thanks, Ken Beer, for the nice intro, and thanks to the, uh, the, the crew at the SCT Show or SCT Bets as well. Uh, I've been listening to you guys. You guys are doing a great job, and uh, I'm happy to be aboard. Uh, my name is Gramita Dollywall. I'm a mortgage specialist with RBC World Bank. My Twitter handle is at RBCGDollywall, uh, and if there's anything I can help you with, I'm here to help, and you can reach me there as well. But most of all, it's fun to be a part of your guys' podcast now, and we can all talk about what we all like, which is sports and uh, sports betting. And uh, the Canucks, you know, season ticket holder since '02, and I'm sure you've seen plenty of embarrassing losses. And today was uh, tonight <laughs> was probably up there, uh, one of the worst, right? Well, given the circumstance and the situation, um, I. You know, a loss would be okay to accept, but the effort uh, in the middle period leaving Demko out to dry was a little uh, was a little out there. Yeah, we were got Chatfield went down with an injury there. I think at the begin at the end of the first, we were down to five D man. Uh, mm-hmm. By the end of the night, Tyler Myers had accrued four minutes and about twenty five minutes, uh, four penalties and twenty five minutes worth of penalties. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, PD is struggling a little bit, and um, it's hard to sweep a team or went back to back, and so we just got to bounce back uh, on Saturday against Montreal and see what we can do. We'll get back to that later. We got James Lynch on here. Uh, you know, uh, James, thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, MMA journalist uh, works for. Uh, you know, you can just give your uh, all your stuff here at the MMA News uh, underscore dot com line underscore movement. Uh, James uh, Lynch on sports on Twitter. You could plug in all that stuff right now because I'm trying to read it off. And <laughs> we'd be here all day. It's all good, guys. First, first, thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited to chat with you guys. I actually was listening to the tail end of that hockey talk on Eklund Larson. I completely agree. But uh, yeah, happy to be here. I work for a lot of outlets. The, the main thing is the Twitter handle at Lynch on Sports. That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. You guys can find everything I do right there. So honestly man i was listening to one of your youtube videos uh, i forgot the, the gentleman's name that you were doing the the the, sh- the show with on youtube 
um, you guys were doing like predictions, and you were like just hitting them off. Like the other guys taking all the young guys, and you're taking Anthony Pettis, and and I'm like, I'm like, why am I not listening to James? I don't know. I'm not a big Pettis believer, but I remember watching that video vividly, and you were hitting those bets, and you know, it's good to have you on because we could use some help after today. You know, uh, the Canucks. <laughs> uh, don't, I don't even want to talk about the Canucks tonight. I'm like, it's, like it's, it's so depressing. Oh my god, we could we could yeah. talk for hours about how bad that was. What a, that was like watching Calvin Cater and Max Holloway last weekend, where Cater was just taking a beating. That's what the Canucks were tonight. It was not very good, but uh, I appreciate the kind words. I do my best. You know, sometimes I, I make some good picks, sometimes I don't. But uh, that's the fight game. But I'm feeling pretty good about this weekend's card at 257. What a card it is! And uh, excited to see Conor McGregor back, aren't we all? It's been more than a year, right? So, yeah, and his last performance was awesome against. Uh, you know, it was probably like a you know setup fight for him, and uh, you know, get back in the octagon, get your movements back, and everything. And it's been a year. He said he was going to have a big 2020, but 2020 changed. You know, changed for everyone around the world. So. You know, Conor McGregor has some big plans, I'm sure, for 2021. I'm excited to see him back. Uh, what are your thoughts on the fight coming up here? You know, it's a minus 300 favorite for Conor McGregor here. Uh, maybe if you think Conor's going to win, maybe take him in a round, like maybe finish a TKO round or something like that. But minus 300 doesn't bring much value for just to, for just for him to win, right? I, I agree. I agree. I mean, it is not a very good style matchup for Dustin Poirier in this fight because, you know, obviously Poirier does get hit a lot. I mean, he's got some nice wins, but he takes some damage. His last fight uh, against Dan Hooker, he won it, but he took a lot of shots in that one. And I don't think he could take those same shots from Connor. Now, this is a rematch. All right. Got to point that out because a lot of people want to talk about the first fight, which was way back in, I think, what, 2014 uh, when they fought. And that was at Featherweight, right? Much different fight now. You know, it's at 155. Up a, up a weight class. I think both guys a little bit more durable. When you're not cutting as much weight, you're not, you know, susceptible to getting knocked out. Uh, Poirier's, you know, he's fought a lot. That's the one thing we got to look at in this fight, right? McGregor's only fought, I think, three times since 2017, including the Mayweather fight. Poirier's fought eight times. Now, that could work for him or against him, right? It's either he's taken a lot of damage or it's the fact that he's been more active. So, really interesting fight. I agree with you in the sense that, you know, McGregor's a bit too steep at three to one. Inside the distance, or even just the knockout prop, uh, forget about inside the distance. He's not submitting Poirier. If anything, he'll win by knockout. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's close to two to one. That's almost. I've seen lines this week. You can get the knockout prop for about minus one seventy five. That's not bad. I don't see McGregor winning a decision. Um, that's just not his style. I mean, the Nate Diaz uh, fight was, I think, the only decision he's had over the last couple of years. But um, the, the knockout prop and the round prop. I would look at rounds two and rounds three if you're looking at the round prop because. I really think if Connor's going to win this fight, it's going to be early on. It's not going to be in the later rounds. He doesn't get paid by the hour. No one gets paid by the hour, right? You want to get in and out of there. So um, if I'm predicting this fight, I'm thinking McGregor's second or third round knockout. I think once he finds his timing, I think just his speed is too much for Dustin. And I think he just cracks Dustin and then finishes via TKO. So there you go. Most definitely. I believe his uh, that 2014 matchup in Abu Dhabi, it was a first round knockout by McGregor. I think um, if memory was, serves me yeah. right, plus I was reading a few articles a few days ago. And uh, so, yeah, that's definitely something to look into. Yeah, minus 300 might be a little bit too too much to lay. But if you can pick a round, you know, put a little something on round one, round two, round three, it might be worth your while. It'll give you a little bit more value there. Mystic yeah. Mac uh, predicted the, the fight last time they fought. You know, he said first round t KO and mm -hmm. uh, he, he got it. Uh, he's saying that he's going to finish him in the first round again. Are you going to go I mean, missing back? You know, I remember watching that fight, and that was when the hype around Conor McGregor was just getting big. It was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was like, okay, now he's fighting someone legit like Dustin Poirier. Is he really going to win this fight? And 
right after that fight, I was like, this guy's legit. Yeah, and, you're right. That was the first big test for him, and that was a huge win for him. But if you watch that fight heading in, guys, go look at the footage. If you can find the weigh-in footage or the interview footage heading in, Dustin lost that fight before he even walked in there. McGregor mentally had that guy beat. Oh my God, you can yeah. just tell in the stare-downs. This time around, you know, Dustin, I've seen some people say the same thing. Oh, Dustin looks nervous. No, Dustin's just an awkward guy. I've interviewed him before. It's not that he's nervous this time. I definitely sense a different mentality going into this fight. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be beat mentally like it was last time. He's much more experienced. He's at a way better camp now. I think when he first fought McGregor, he was only a couple camps in at American Top Team. Now he's sort of a veteran there. They're well-prepared. They're, they're a good camp to, to get him mentally ready for this fight. He's going to be fine mentally. I just think, you know, style-wise, like I said, it's just tough to, to you know, take out a McGregor unless you're going to take him into deep waters, which Poirier can do. You know, I, I do have to point out, you know, uh, last year, Dustin Poirier, um, you know, took Max Holloway to a decision. And that was a really good win if you saw what Holloway did last weekend, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's something we can't ignore here. Poirier's legit, but I just think, like I said, it's just a matter of Connor just hitting him. And I think Poirier won't be able to take a shot like that. Another important fact, uh, the last fight was at 145. This one's at 155. And yeah. Dustin was cutting, both of them were cutting a lot of weight. We've seen McGregor's weigh-in uh, photos, and what he looks at 145 is just crazy. He looks like a skeleton. Um, but, yeah, I remember the, I'm watching the vlog series right now, the Embedded's, and Dustin Poria looks completely different mentally yeah. before this fight. Like, he seems, him and Connor, they're both dads now, you know, before they were, you know, young up and comers, but now they're both dads and you could just tell how much more mature they are. And what are the chances Dustin pulls it off? Like, what do you think Dustin could do here? I, I give him about a 20 to 30% chance in this. I do, because I really, I really think you got to look at the experience that he's had since that first McGregor fight. You talk about moving up to 155 since Dustin's moved up to 155 in 2016, he's only been knocked out once. And it was against Michael Johnson. And I'm telling you, nine times out of 10, if these guys fought, uh, Poirier wins that fight. It was kind of, I don't want to say it was a fluke, but I mean, it, it was one of those weird fights. But, but uh, Poirier's chin has looked a lot better in that weight class. Uh, again, not cutting as much weight. When he fought Dan Hooker in his last fight, guys, he was 183 pounds when he entered the cage. He's a big guy. Poirier's even talked about going to welterweight at this point. That's how big of a guy he is. So I don't think the size will be a factor or anything like that. Um, I just think that Poirier, you, you're going to see a much different fight this time. I think the result will be similar, but I do think that uh, Poirier is it's much different than he was before. And he's got good wins in between there. Like Dan Hooker, Justin Gaethje, people forget he has a win yeah, over Gaethje. You know? like, yeah. Gaethje's legit and he hits like a truck too. So mm -hmm. that's what makes this very interesting is that, you know, Dustin's been fighting good competition leading into this rematch. The one worry you could say with McGregor is, like I said, he's got the win over Cowboy, the loss against Habib before that. He hasn't fought that much, guys, not since winning the title. He really hasn't since 2017. So that is one thing to keep an eye on. Can Connor, you know, keep his winning ways going? We'll see. But, uh, you know, Dustin Poirier, a much tougher opponent than Cowboy Cerrone was. Could have a little bit of a, a ring rust, right? As they say. Yeah, yeah. ring rust. Uh, exactly. German, you got any uh, interesting questions about this uh, card? Uh, there has to be some value here somewhere, right? Well, James, first of all, nice to meet you. And I was going to ask, like, do you think the over-under is two and a half? If Dustin Poirier can get it over two and a half, does his chances to win the fight increase? I think so, because Poirier's got more experience going in those five-round fights. He's also a guy that's got great cardio. Um, he's not like a fast starter like McGregor is, right? And that's here's the thing. I don't even know if McGregor has bad cardio. I think it's just the way he fights, right? That he's going out there to take your head off early on, so he's not really pacing himself. Um, as the rounds go, you do see him tire a little bit. Go watch that second Nate Diaz fight. McGregor was tired when that fight was sort of getting into the later rounds. So if Poirier is able to find that second gear, I think it definitely favors him. And the over is something to keep in mind. 
just, you know, again, like I said, I think if, if Dustin wins this fight, I think it's going to be a decision or possibly a late submission. I don't think he's knocking out McGregor. If McGregor wins, it's by knockout. I don't think McGregor's going to get a decision. So if you can play the little math there with the props or the over or whatever, you might be able to get some good value there. That's, that's what I got to look into a little bit more for this weekend. Hey, James, uh, you know, there's other fights on this card. Card's not that stacked. It's McGregor, Poirier, and the rest is pretty much you just bet on it, right, and see what happens. But uh, uh, do you like any plus money underdogs here? Like I do. I uh, hear Michael Chandler is a plus one fifteen underdog in his UFC debut against Dan Hooker. What do you think? How do you think that fight plays out? See, that's an iffy one for me because Hooker's a lot bigger than he is, right? And and Hooker, Hooker really uses his reach and his size very well. Um, you know, the the last opponent that Hooker fought, like Chandler, you know, good wrestler, good knockout power, was Ally Aquinta. And if you guys watched that fight, he absolutely dominated Ally Aquinta. Like it wasn't even close. It was just a total beatdown for for the you know the three round fight that they had. So I do have some concerns there. The one thing with Chandler is is that he's a great wrestler. So if he's able to get that takedown early on, you'll kind of know where the fight's going, right? It's going to be Chandler just controlling it with the wrestling but i think hooker wins this um there, there could potentially be some value on chandler if you guys are feeling generous but i really feel like this is hooker's fight to lose um you know he comes from a great camp he actually trains with uh, the middleweight champion israel adesanya um this is a guy that you know is is, is got tremendous stand-up and really good knees as well that's that's how he implements a lot of his damages through knees so chandler's got to watch out um chandler of course making his ufc debut coming over from bellator where he was a champion for them for a while but just the level of competition that he's fought in bellator compared to what hooker's fought in the UFC it's not even close hookers fought much tougher guys so I think hookers probably going to take this one maybe there's some value on Chandler just because we don't really know he hasn't really been tested um so so from that standpoint it, it's good but um I, I think there's some other sort of underdogs on this card that, that might be worth uh, taking a stab at instead so uh, who are those underdogs because right, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you that's why yeah, uh, that's, that's why I got there okay so Matt Frevola is fighting a Zayatar on the main card at lightweight Matt Frevola has been an underdog in I think all of his UFC fights and he's won most of those fights his last fight especially he fought uh, I think it was Luis Pena in his last fight and that was one where he was very much the under undersized fighter and he went out there and got a got a got an impressive win in that one so he's a guy that can continue his winning ways um Frevola is, is a guy I would keep, be keeping an eye on and how about Antonio Carlos Jr. at middle weight on the prelims he's fighting brad tavares tavares hasn't fought since that nate diaz and masvidal card that was back in november of 2019 uh he got head kicked in the first round and it was over tavares has had a lot of injuries he's fought some decent competition throughout his career but i do tend to think this is sort of the, the decline of brad tavares at this point taking a lot of damage he's had a lot of injuries he's been out for a while long layoff heading into this fight carlos jr his last fight was a split decision loss to uriah hall and hall was the guy who just knocked out anderson silva a few months ago um i think there's some value there with carlos jr especially if he gets into the ground he's a really good jiu-jitsu specialist so uh carlos jr is another dog that i would uh, keep an eye on in this card and i do have one more actually andrew sanchez on the prelims taking on uh, murdiov murdiov is actually part of floyd mayweather's team believe it or not uh but sanchez uh trains at tristar which is george st pierre's gym uh really is is coming into his own lately his last fight against wellington Terman, ex extremely impressive outing got a first round finish in that one sanchez is another guy you don't want to sleep on on the prelims i think there's some value him on him as well as an underdog uh you guys have any uh, last question for james here before we let him go actually no before you go i have to ask you about the canucks i know you don't want to talk about him oh no we'll, we'll talk let's talk let's talk whatever you want about the canucks okay. game I don't get to talk hockey ne nearly enough, so it's all good. Yeah, so uh, you're a local boy here, uh, you know, uh, covering MMA, which is, you know, it's not as popular as it used to be when George St. Pierre was, you know, uh, you know, here, uh, you know, and Rory McDonald. I remember Rory McDonald had a few big fights. Uh, but, like, how is it, like, you know, like, watching the Canucks and trying to keep up with MMA and, like, 
trying to like keep up with the Canucks and how they're doing? And, like, do you ever get time to even get to watch games sometimes, or like? Yeah, the, you you know what PVR man? That that's what I do. Yeah. Like, um, like on most nights because like I'm a dad as well, so I got yeah. you know I, I got dad duties on top of that and top oh, yeah. of watching all the fights and stuff. I PVR and I'll watch the highlights. I, I'm an athletic subscriber as well, so if I miss mm-hmm. something, I'll go back and read stuff. But yeah, I, I manage it the best I can. But the Canucks, like if, if I'm in the car, I'm listening to the radio, like you know TSN or Sportsnet mm-hmm. or whatever. So I'm always kind of immersed in it. But it, mm-hmm. I, I like it because it's almost like an escape for me in a way because like I'm so I'm so I like cover MMA so much. I interview so many fights. Mm-hmm. that it's nice to have something else that's not MMA. So that's kind of, for me, like my sort of, you know, uh, thing on the side that I can enjoy. Uh, not really enjoying it right now, the way they're playing. But in general, it's been it's been cool, man. And it's so good to be back. Like, I don't know if you guys know, I, uh, I so I grew up here. I lived out east for about 10 years and then I moved back here in 2018 and I love it. I'm so glad to be back. All my family's here. So mm-hmm. it's been cool to be like back here and be in, be in the city and just get to enjoy the Canucks and not have to watch the games at like midnight, right? It was crazy over there in Toronto when I lived there. Well, there's a lot of great Canadian journalists in uh, MMA. You know, Ariel Wani. Uh, forgot the young man's name from TSN. Uh, Aaron Aaron Bronner, yeah. Yeah, he's he's very good. uh, Very good at their jobs. And uh, seeing you being here from Vancouver and covering a sport that I loved. I still do love it, but it's harder to keep up because there's so many new guys coming in and out of the sport, right? Like, you start off watching George St. Pierre and now watching, you know, Conor McGregor doesn't fight once, once a year now, right? So... There was one guy in the light heavyweight division I got to ask you about. Maybe there's a future prop that we can make on him. Um, I forgot what his name is, but man, he is lanky and he is tall and he is a monster. His last fight, he dominated. I think he was on the ground and he started punching while upright and he knocked the guy out. What's his name again? Forgot his name. I, I think I think you're thinking of the middleweight fighter Kevin Holland when he knocked. Oh the yeah, guy Kevin Holland. That's who it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, Kevin's great. Kevin actually fought five times last year, which is super rare. It's just because, like, right place, right time, you would step up and take fights. Holland's mm. great. He's actually got a fight coming up here. Uh, let me find the date. It's uh, he's fighting Derek Brunson at middleweight, but uh, he he's he's talented, man. Like, he's a guy that just you know anytime, anywhere, he'll fight anyone. Uh, that Derek Brunson fights on March twentieth, so uh, that's kind of a big fight for him because if he beats Brunson, he's going to start getting those contenders. So I think yeah, he's I a I think he's a good future prop bet champion because. I was watching him fight, and this kid got personality. Like he's got a lot of personality, and he could fight. He's got the the reach. Like John Jones is known for his reach, and he's so good cutter, right? So, uh, again, James, thanks for coming on our podcast. You know, you know, thanks for giving us some future uh, future bets here uh, for two seven. I can't wait for the fight card, and I'll be uh, looking forward to your coverage. Could you again plug in everything? Oh, that sure. You, you do. Like, guys. Well, first off, again, thanks for having me on. This is fun. Yeah. Anytime you guys want me on, slide into my DMs. I'm good to come on. I like doing local stuff. It's fun. So mm-hmm. uh, that's cool with me. At Lynch on Sports, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. YouTube.com slash Lynch on Sports. I do more interviews than anyone in this industry. That's a fact, even more than Ariel. So you guys want to yeah, keep your keep your eyes, uh, you know, if you want to be glued to the MMA industry, follow my stuff. Uh, YouTube.com slash Lynch on Sports. And thanks again for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Well, I can't wait to see where your career leads you uh, in the MMA community, and I can't wait to, uh, you know, for this UFC fight. So, thanks for coming on again, James. Uh, we'll have you on again for sure when there's another big fight card. Awesome, guys. Take care and have a have a good night. So that was James Lynch, uh, you know, MMA journalist. Like he said, one of the hardest working guys and does the most interviews. The ni- local local talent here. Uh, it was nice to have him on. But you know, enough with MMA talk. Let's go back to the Canucks talk. So you're you're saying that the media or the management team or the ownership put out that Oliver Ekman Larson narrative 
to uh, to say that that's why they never went after Toffoli? A little bit, because it doesn't make any sense. Like I said, if they can't afford Toffoli at the price he came at, or even ten, I, I, I'm you know I'm happy with the Holpe. He's a Stanley Cup winning ch- uh, goaltender. Yeah. He's a Vesna winner. Uh, maybe a bit of a drop off due to age, but I can I can I can live with that right more than live with it right. I think they should have started him today just because the defense was banged up. Um, but it makes no sense how they were willing to take on to, um, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson's contract unless they could dump Sutter or Erickson or even Beagle, which they couldn't right. And apparently, word is you know I'm a big fan of Rick Dollywalls is they waited until the Friday or the Saturday morning to contact Tanev. And Markstrom, mm-hmm. and or actually told Markstrom they weren't going to move on. Signed Holtby really quick, and didn't even talk to Toffoli. Mm-hmm. And I think I, that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I heard similar things about Stetcher as well. He left not on good terms. Uh, he was waiting for the Canucks to contact him. They never did. He took he took uh, uh, Detroit's contract offer, That's which so- uh, you know what I mean. He, uh, they, they offered him something. Canucks never did. He took it. That's and, the one uh, that bothers me the most, man. Troy Stetcher. Local kid worked his butt off, and uh, you couldn't even give him a fucking call. And he made one point. He got signed for like one point seven million dollars, which is affordable. First off, and now you're seeing what's going on with the defense right now. And you're telling me you wouldn't love to have fucking Troy Stetcher killing penalties for you right now? Like he was a guy that embodied being a fucking Canuck. He was a guy that I wanted here. I wanted him here w- during the glory days if we if we ever get there. You know what I mean? Like, And now, like, I know we only signed a two-year contract. People are saying, oh, Hamannick this. Ha- Hamannick's not a good defenseman. I'm sorry. He is old, he is slow, and he is not good anymore. And you could even talk to people out of Calgary. They are not happy. They were, they were not happy with the way Hamannick, Hamannick was playing last year. And guess what? He was chasing the puck a uh, couple nights ago. I know, I know he was injured today, but... Like, holy shit, man. You had a guy born in Richmond, B.C., playing his butt off. He would have fucking blocked a shot with his face. And you <laughs> let him. And you didn't even give him a call. You didn't I know. That's dis- disrespectful, yeah. Disrespect- disrespectful? They pretty much spit in his face like Carlito <laughs> from WWE. And they fucking, like, what is this? This guy, like, this guy embodied everything that a he, Canuck he, is. He bled. Uh, he bled blue and green. I, you know, I, local honestly, boy. That's yeah. the one. That's the one that bothers me the most. I know we can talk about Tofoli all we want, but goals are not a problem with this team. We can see. We see this team score goals at ease. Our defense is bleeding. Nate Schmidt has not been good. Just because he's a media darling, it, I'm I'm gonna criticize the shit. <laughs> the media hasn't criticized him at all, but he has not been good. German, you got to be frustrated, man. Like, you know, I invest a lot of money in the Canucks, not just betting on them, but also I'm a half-season ticket holder now too. So I'm investing in this team because I believe in Pedersen. And, and let's be honest, Pedersen hasn't been good to start. But uh, what are your thoughts, man? Like, Stetcher one really bothers me, man. He's a Richmond born BC bred, everything, undrafted, worked his butt off to be a Canuck, signed with you because he wanted to be a Canuck, and you didn't even give him a fucking call. I know, well, it all comes back to subpar management, right? I believe the the unprofessionalism of the front office is unbelievable. Like them or don't like them, Mike Gillis and Lawrence Gilman at least took care of the players properly. Gave Mm -hmm. them a call. You know, they they were on both sides of the fence at one point, agent and general manager, and assistant general manager. And uh, I have to disagree a little bit. Stetcher was probably the most expendable out of the 
three or four that left. But to say to to see in a changing world in 2021 now, thank God, how you have an old school GM running the team like how he's running it with has been NBA ex GM who's best known for trading Trace McGrady <laughs> and trading for Dwight Howard as your assistant GM and then letting um, your head pro scout leave. Um, just the mismanagement top to bottom. No wonder Trevor Linden quit. You know, there's only so much you can take, um, but it's just poor management. I mean, I get the cap troubles, but just give the guys a call. I mean, the, the biggest one is Mike Hoffman, one year, four mil in St. Louis. You're telling me you couldn't do that, right? And, and I think a lot of it, like, we could talk about Jim Betting, and Jim Betting, man, like, you know, time's running out for him. And, you know, I've been a guy that's been a little bit more patient with Jim Betting, and, you know, I get my, I get my uh, you know, criticism from people that don't agree with that. I'm sure, you know, you could disagree. I, I don't care, but... You know, just because I, I'm a little bit more patient than you guys doesn't mean you, you know, go after me as a fan. You know, but I'm just saying, like, his time is running out. Like, you know, when you pull off shit like you just did this offseason, and you know what? Like, Mark Sherm, he got overpaid. I'm okay with Demko, Holpe, Tandem, because I really believe that they could be better than they've shown so far. And Demko really got left out to dry tonight. Um, and then and then uh, the, the Toffoli one, you know, that one – you know, like I said, we could score at ease. And yeah, he's a good player. And we sh- probably should have brought him back because we want to win, right? But, you know, they let him go. And, and, and I know uh, the Tanev one, he got overpaid as well. Like, he was a guy that got injured a lot. And it was not worth paying him the money that he got. So I understand that. But, man, uh, again, I know you're saying Troyce. But Troyce Tetra might be the most expendable and probably the one that's the least talent at all three of them. But, man, that guy w- bled blue and green. And you couldn't even you couldn't even bring him back. And now look at the defensive troubles we're having. Like you know what? I've liked the way Chatfield came in and the way he's played. I know he only played like one game, fifteen minutes, and five minutes tonight. And yeah, he got hurt tonight. I like the way he's played, but man, if we could have just had Troy Stetcher this year, like I I think he would have helped a lot. Like if you look at the defense right now, (laughs) you're playing Brogan Rafferty and Olio Levy, who hasn't looked. He's been okay. He hasn't been great, but he's a fifth overall pick, and that's another thing that we could, you know, complain about with Jim Benning. But you know, it's just it's frustrating as a fan, you know. Oh, hundred percent. And I, and I watched Tyler Myers might get suspended for that late. <laughs> hit. Yeah, right? yeah. Hughes and Schmidt, and that's it. And that Chapio might be out. I, I Breeze Bois time. Right? Well, I want to <laughs> see. I want to see uh, Jack Rathbone, oh, and yeah. I think this guy's got the most talent. Out of all those prospects that we have offensively, but you know, the defensive game is still probably raw, and that's mm-hmm. scary. You know, scary thought for Travis Green, and you know, Travis Green is a lame duck coach right now, and that's not a good thing. Like, what if he? Let's say they don't even resign him, and they let him go, and he goes to Seattle. <laughs> like, that's a storyline that could be, you know, that I'm not. I'm gonna get sick of as a as a fan. Who, who doesn't just follow the team but listens to the radio a lot, you know? So, man. <laughs> I think I think the Canucks are posturing like that. I think there might be a reason. There's got to be some sort of reasoning why Travis Green isn't signed. And this might just be a posture. Um, if the Canucks, if this doesn't happen, if things don't go accordingly, they miss the playoffs or whatever, you, you know what? Travis Green isn't under contract. We can let this guy go without taking a hit. And... Um, I think he's got a shorter leash than Benning. Um, at least wild. Benning. At least Benning's got the Benning's been here for a while, but he's 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 hit a couple of good, uh, a lot of 
amazing, uh, great draft picks. And um, but yeah, Travis Green is uh, who I'm worried about. He might be the next uh, next guy out if the Canucks season doesn't go uh, accordingly. I think they could both be out, man. Like I, I think this year, man, this year has been great. 2020 has been wild, and what they accomplished in the bubble was awesome. And what they what that was a lot of fun as a fan seeing your team go as far as it did when they weren't supposed to go that far was great. But let's be honest, people. People before the season stopped, they were almost on the verge of falling out of the playoffs, and because of you know them stopping and going back to that whatever playoff format they had, they made a run and they were you know it was it was nice it was great to see it was so much fun. But it gave time real. for Mark Marky and Atano were injured as well, I believe. I think that just that delay or that. Uh... When the season yeah. got canceled, they gave them time to get healthy. Uh, so that time off benefited the Canucks quite a bit. Um, maybe even the most out of any of those teams uh, in the but bubble or made being, it that far. If we're being realistic, uh, German, like this team could have easily not made the playoffs last year. And because of that bubble, that bubble performance probably saved Jim Benning again. Oh. But if you, look about, if you look at it the same way, Montreal wasn't even supposed to be in the bubble. Yeah, they were way out of the play, and now they took a step forward without taking a step back. And it looks like we've done, we've gone further. We were borderline going to make the playoffs, and now we took a step back. I honestly believe, um, like the comment before about Travis Green not being signed, I think that I think they're still playing Tortorella, aren't they? So if you, if you, <laughs> there, if you extend if you extend Green and you fire him, you got to pay him until um, he gets his next job. Are they waiting for Tortorella's contract to run out or something? <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> but I, honestly, I think ownership, um, it, they don't want it, like it's been said, you know, they don't want to spend any money until COVID is over and fans are in the stands. And they're waiting for Sutter to get off the books, Edler to get off the books. Um, uh, who else is up? Is Roussel up? No. I don't think so, yeah. At least Sutter and... Um, and then they have money stashed away for... Pedersen and Hughes resigning, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. their long-term goal. Um, What's going on with Pedersen, though? Like, what is actually going on? Because you know, like, let's be honest. Like, the fans here don't want to criticize their superstar player, and you know, I'm okay with that. You know, he's PD. Like, he is amazing, and we've seen him do amazing stuff. And I don't, and I don't want to criticize him that hard either. But let's be honest, he has not looked good. And and Trump Thomas Drance. Uh, of, of the athletic was saying on the radio the other day, it was a little bit of a concern when Nate Schmidt won the bank skate. Because I remember the year before, Pedersen was just blowing by people in the bank skate. Like, is this conditioning off or something? Like, what's going on with Pedersen? Because we all know he has a skill and the shot and everything, but there's times where he gets, he's, he's not winning those battles along the walls like he was winning last year. And that's what's really concerning. Maybe, maybe it is conditioning. What do you guys think? Yeah, it could be that sophomore slump in year three instead of year two. Or I don't think he went back to Sweden as well. Um, maybe mm-hmm. he did for a bit, but I just just from what his social media post was, <laughs> what social media posts and what he was up to gaming or playing ball or just you know dressing up hip and cool and doing these photo shoots. But not taking a shot at him. But I think he stayed local for the summer and even um, after the summer. But uh, yeah, something definitely, this player's too good to be held off the score sheet for this long. And he had a brutal giveaway on the power play that led to a yeah, really short-handed a, goal. And, TSN um, turning point. TSN yeah, turning point of the game. Yeah, like I want to blame those those uh, 
puck trackers. They had these new new pucks with the thing, you know, for advanced stats. But I think they got they scrapped that for this yeah. week. Uh, they're back to the original pucks that they used last year. But mm-hmm. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know, but something is not right there. An injury, conditioning. Um, he's not motivated. Maybe Stetcher left. All his friends left. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> what do you think, German? Well, I think he's a superstar now, right? And I think everybody is focusing on him. At least, I, th- I think he's. If you're a superstar, team. you deal with that, you know. Yeah, he's young too, right? And he and it's only mm-hmm. six games. Like, and and I think that he's not shooting enough. I mm-hmm. think he's he doesn't have the confidence to shoot. I think he's looking to make the pass. And I think our breakouts in the la- in the uh, outside of the first game, our breakouts remind me of two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Just clunk off the glass and hopefully out, no icing, right? Mm-hmm. And our puck retrieval is not very good. We can't get him the puck. I mean, if you look at it, we're just sending it off the glass, neutral zone, change, come back, taking a hit in the in our defensive end, reversing it. The other defenseman takes the hit, goes out with upper body injury. Now it's time for Pedersen, Besser, and Miller to change. And plus, we didn't have Miller in the beginning. But I think he's good enough where he just needs a breakout game and then chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away, right? And assist here, a goal here. I mean, look at the power play. has been clicking the last couple of games, but it's Besser. It's Horvat. Uh-huh. Besser in Hughes right now. And he, he's on his right wing on the right faceoff circle for his one-timer, but he's not using it because you can see the penalty killer is kind of coming to him. Uh-huh. And then he's deferring off, and now Horvat's burying anything. I think if he just if he just shoots, I've heard it. I heard it a, a few people say if he just shoots five, six, seven shots a game, right? He'll a score. rebound, a rebound goal, or he'll score, or someone else will score. He'll get a couple of assists, right? Um, can't be too hard on him. This is his first time in two years, I think, where people are kind of noticing something not right, not his game, and he's trying really hard. And I think you know we all play hockey, and you know when you try too hard, yeah. It just doesn't work, right? Yeah. Instead of just playing your game, and and plus, no one's and and we're all in a bit of a rough patch here. Not we, yeah. the Canucks, right? So um, once he gets one, he'll get more. Sure, he probably um, hasn't seen his parents and his yeah, family. Yeah, the family yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. As well. there's, there's a lot of things that go to go with it, but uh, you know, I hope PD gets better, and and I hope that uh, the team wins on Saturday because that that if we win on Saturday, you know, maybe the <laughs> I'm sure. The fire betting crowd will still be there, but it lessens a little bit, right? You know, you went two or three against Montreal. It's a big sign. But we gotta before we go, we gotta talk about the you know the football games coming up because like we can't not do a betting show and not talk about the football games. They're like, come on. So let's quickly do this before we before we end this episode. Uh, who do you guys like? Because these these two games are one of the two of the hardest games to predict here. Like I don't know who I like, but uh, you know the underdogs are intriguing. Uh, the spread is Vegas does a great job, obviously fooling people. So, who do you guys like this weekend on Sunday? I had such a tough time picking between the sides as well. So, I, you know what I like? I like the over in the Tampa Bay Green Bay uh, game. I've uh, looking at the weather. Um, every time I look at the weather, it changes a bit. It's getting a little bit colder, a little bit colder, a little bit colder. But um, there's no real storm. Shouldn't be too windy from what I've seen earlier today, maybe a couple of days ago. But I like the over, and I got it in at over 50.5. I think it's at 51 right now. And just looking back to their um, matchup earlier this year, it was 38-10 to 10, um, at halftime. Or I can't remember what the score was at halftime. I think they had 38 total points. It was 28-10 at halftime, and they didn't hit the over. Uh, Aaron wow. Rodgers was... 
Uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> they should have. I think they're maybe 14, two touchdowns away from hitting the over. And uh, it was an unmotivated Aaron Rodgers. Uh, right now, someone in upper management uh, passed away as well. I think they got a motivational factor there as well. I don't know if that matters in the playoffs or not, but I think they're going to dedicate this game to that gentleman that passed away uh, who's got his fingerprints all over this team. Uh, the weather looks good. Two offensive-minded quarterbacks last week. Tom Brady didn't do a whole lot. His defense is probably the reason they beat uh, New Orleans Saints. And uh, I think this might be a bounce-back game. Uh, you know, a lot of unders hit orig- um, a lot of unders hit last week. And I think this might be uh, just the market correction a little bit more over as this week. And um, I'm leaning towards the over and I actually bet the over in the Tampa Bay, Green Bay Packers game. How about you, Gurman? You know, they might not win, but I took the Bucks last Sunday right after the game of plus four and a half. Oh, okay. Oh, you got a good number, a great number. And then it, it now it's at plus three, and you can find plus three and a half. Um, yeah, there's, there's only one other quarterback left in the playoffs that can play in cold weather, and that's Tom Brady. I mm-hmm. don't want to call him the GOAT because I'm a 49ers fan. I think Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback ever. <laughs> but Having Tom Brady away from New England kind of makes him a bit of a nicer guy, I find, easier to take. And you we've, can't. We've added a 49ers fan to a group of Seahawks fans. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> but I mean, yeah, right now, okay, so three is the magic number, right? Three and seven. Uh, you push if you lose by a field goal, or you could lose if you know the other team's down by two or one. Uh, I was fortunate enough to jump on the plus four and a half. Um, I might even. The way I'm leading, I think both road teams, because last week, I think we had a consensus in the group. We went 4-0, right, mm-hmm. with the Packers, Bills, Chiefs, and Bucks, and all four home teams won. Mm-hmm. Now, it seems like, we'll talk about the Bills and the Chiefs after, but it seems like Tom Brady's on a bit of a mission, and they're gelling at the right time. Yeah, exactly. They're right. they're hot. They ended the season hot, yeah. They were connecting yeah. and putting that's, up points. That's the scary part with the Bucks here, because... You know, everybody's probably thinking, let's take Green Bay to cover and all that stuff. And you got luckily got the Bucks at plus four and a half. Yeah. I'm just like, man, I love the money line underdogs. Like that's what I, I like, too. you know. I and uh, you know, tonight I took the Pelicans in my parlay, and my, and I was stupid, but I, you know, I did that and I lost. But a lot of times, like last week when the Bucks beat, uh, you know, the New Orleans State, they were a plus money under uh, money line underdog. So, man, ta- betting against Tom Brady's hard. Like it's a hard thing to do. It is, yeah. And if there's one person that can beat Aaron Rodgers Rambo, it's yeah. it's Tom Brady. And like you said earlier, Vegas got this number right, plus three. The next game, it's a coin flip, right? Yeah. And I like Tampa on the money line as well. They might not win, but I think they'll cover. Mm-hmm. So, How about... I, uh, I, I like the over as well. I like the over for this one, too. A shootout would be nice. So the next game is interesting because we don't know what's going on with Patrick Mahomes, but it looks like he will play. Like, I don't think they, you know... I think he's taking snaps and practice, everything like that. I think he'll play. Um, but how healthy is he? Because remember, before the concussion, his he was limping with his toe. Uh, I think it was his toe, his ankle, whatever it was. Now this is a money line underdog that I like, and I, I don't like. I don't want the Bills to win the fucking Super Bowl because my brother-in-law's a big Bills fan, and and he wears a Bills jersey to a Seahawks 49ers game in <laughs> Seattle. So if, oh, wow. if the Bills isn't that a, wins... Isn't that, a, isn't that a faux pas? Isn't it a jersey faux pas? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he he did that. And he's he talks trash about the Seahawks every fucking day. 
Like, and he's not, he's a Bills fan. Like, we have no history with you, dude. Like, fuck <laughs> off. Like, but, uh, yeah, so I don't want them to win the Super Bowl, but I would love to see them losing the Super Bowl. So, um, I think they could beat the Chiefs here. I really think they could beat the Chiefs here. What do you guys think? Most definitely, uh, they got a chance. Um, I thinking I there's no way Mahomes doesn't play this game. So if anyone's listening, likes KC, take a minus three right now because once it gets confirmed, today's Thursday. Uh, once it gets confirmed Friday or Saturday, okay, Mahomes is playing. I can see a lot of money going in on KC and the line going from minus three to minus three and a half, minus four. So if you like KC, I think the number is good right now. Key number of minus three, take them. If you're leaning to the Bills, I would say maybe wait. Maybe wait for Sunday morning to make that bet because a lot of money might just be waiting. There's probably a lot of people out there waiting for that news on Mahomes. And uh, I'm pretty confident myself that he is going to be playing and there's going to be a lot of money going that way and the odds... And the number are going to be getting better for the Bills. So if you want to bet the Bills, I say wait till Sunday. If, you, if you're leaning KC, bet them right now. And um, who do I personally like? I'm leaning KC minus three. I think Andy <laughs> Reid's, he's, he's got a secret menu. He's, he's got off the menu plays and stuff that he saves for big games. And I'm he's expecting some, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got, a, he's got a buffet that he's got to hit. A, you know, he's got the dessert bar. He's got plays that we haven't seen before. And I'm um, expecting some some good play calling, and I'm hoping for a shootout this game. <laughs> a big boy can make fun of a big boy, right? Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you like? <laughs> oh, for me, the same thing on Sunday. I took those plus four. It's plus three now. Um, yeah. I think either team can win. The Patrick Mahomes issue, like you said, once it's announced, he'll play. Uh, boom, that, that minus three is going to go minus three and a half, minus four. Right. And the one thing about the Chiefs, though, is they haven't covered the spread since the beginning of November. They -hmm. have not been able to cover their spread since the beginning of November. Now, minus three is a tight fit. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they they might win by a field goal. Right. And there you go. You push your you push your bet. I mean, push is like a win, really. Um, But the other thing is it's hard to repeat as a Super Bowl champ. They might get by the Bills and the Bills might cover. Um, especially at a higher number. And like you said before, the, the higher the, the KC number goes, the higher the Bills spread will go, right? Uh, which is advantageous. Like I said, I don't know who's going to win. I just want someone to cover. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the Bills will cover. And I and the, I like the money line here too. I even, you know, I, I parlayed Tampa Bay and Buffalo money line. You know, I know it's a long shot to take two, two road teams to win, but... Aaron Rodgers is one and three in NFC Championship games, and he hosted all four. And um, with Mahomes, you know, I, I still can't see where he got that concussion. I've watched the interview; it's like he got RKO'd or something, like face first into the turf. Yeah, right? it doesn't look like he. Yeah, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me either. Like I, it almost yeah. seemed like it was. You know, I was like, Mahomes is hurt. Let's get everybody to bet the comeback, you know? Let's get, like, yeah. and then, oh, and then what a trap. What a trap it felt like. <laughs> but, you, but he'll play. You know he'll play, right? He'll play on, exactly. he'll play on crutches. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. There's no concussion protocol in the NFL. They're the Chicago Blackhawks of the NFL. They're going to play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think the Bills will cover. I, they have a good shot of winning, too. They really do. they yeah. got a lot of weapons. Their defense is good. My um, official picks... Let's take our official picks for both games right now because, you know, and this is what I'm planning on doing. I think I'm going to I'm gonna take – what's the spread on the Green Bay game? Is it minus three? Yeah. I think I'm going to take Green Bay minus three to win, 
And I know I said I shouldn't bet against Tom Brady, and but man, I think it might be Aaron Rodgers' time. You know, it's, it's been enough. You know, I'm the guy that likes to do his due. He's due, just like the Pelicans were due tonight. <laughs> the Rodgers is due against Tom Brady. He lost the first matchup. He's not losing two games in the same season to Tom Brady. I don't see it happening. Green Bay's going hard. I take Green Bay minus three. But I'll take the Bills on the money line to win the game. How about you guys? I'm, I'm liking over. I just like the over in the Green Bay-Tampa Bay uh, game. Yeah. You know. That's the only one oh, you don't have a prediction for the uh, the Chiefs uh, Chiefs build. No, I'm staying. I'm staying away from that one. I'm trying to be more disciplined. Now. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I think that's a prime time game. So if I win the sure. first one, then we'll see. <laughs> Maybe sure, I'll. Sure. <laughs> okay. How about you, Kermit? Yeah, I'm locked in. Bills. To, uh, sorry, uh, Bucks to cover, but I yeah. had a higher number, and Bills to cover, and I had a higher number. So okay, I, I, I you got them at four and a half each. Uh, four and a half for the Bucks and four for the Bills. Okay. Uh, but wait till Sunday if you want to do live bet too, right? I mean, the other team, the, the other team gets a touchdown early, mm-hmm. the line's gonna move to cover, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like Tampa and Buffalo money line. Yeah, those are a little sprinkle on the parlay. <laughs> exactly, uh, German. It was awesome getting you on SCT, and ha- happy to have you a part of the crew here. Um, I hope that we hit our bets on the weekend. I hope the Canucks get their shit together. And, uh, you know, I hope that you guys liked this episode.